This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an awesome online learning community filled with thousands of creative video classes taught by experts and professionals. With topics ranging from how to start a side hustle, meditation, the stock market, graphic design, cooking, coding, and everything in between. Learn that skill you were always curious about or kickstart that passion project you've always wanted to. Sign up using our special Suck In Between link in the episode notes or our Insta bio for a free 30-day trial. Welcome back to the Suck In Between podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Sandan. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we're joined by Shankari Jayasilan and Sakshi Brambath, two incredibly talented members of the South Asian fusion arts crew Bindi Bosses. We chat about the induction and mission of the group, how dance has redefined their relationship with culture and identity, the importance they place on paying respect to our First Nations people, and how Bindi Bosses has used their platform to educate and break barriers, as well as plenty more. Yeah, we had an absolute blast with Chankri and Sakshi. We'll drop links to some of Bindi Bosses' amazing choreos and super dope merch in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. Also, I can't believe that this is our 20th episode. So far, we've covered topics from mental health, relationships, colorism, identifying queer, and mythology, just to name a few, and done interviews with people like Nadia from Indian Matchmaking and Punjabi Aussie rapper El Fresh Alliance. So if you're new to us, make sure you hit subscribe and catch up on our other podcast too. Now on to today's episode. Well, Sakshi and Shankari, thank you so much uh, to the both of you for joining us today. We've been wanting to interview the Bindi Bosses crew for a while now and, and we were able to coordinate it obviously thanks to the help of your other team member shout out to Raghavi so we're very excited to speak with you both yeah and I Thank think you for so me, much. one of the very few silver linings of being in lockdown is that I don't need to be at any events where I am required to dance like no wedding receptions <laughs> or parties uh, because I can't dance to save my life but I can admire it from afar and yeah we've been loving what you guys are doing um, especially oh, with thank you. Bosses. Um, thank you so much so it's great to be sitting down with you guys um, to start off, could you guys tell us a bit about yourselves and how you actually started dancing personally? Yeah, sure. So, hi, I'm Sakshi. Currently 22 and um, I was born in Mumbai. So I'm actually Gujarati. My family's Gujarati, but we were born. In, I was born in Mumbai and they moved to Auckland when I was around two. So New Zealand is where I grew up. I did my primary school there and then I moved to Sydney in year seven. So that was around 2012. And yeah, I did high school here and currently I'm doing uni here as well. So in terms of my dance background, I started in Auckland at the age of 10, started just as a hobby. My mum put me into my first ever dance class. It was a Bollywood dance class and yeah, I loved it. I never stopped from then on. Um, Yeah, so in Auckland, I did a bit of hip hop classes and I did contemporary. And then I also did a bit of Paratnatyam which I didn't continue, mad regrets. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I did that then. When I came here, I joined Shamukdava Dance Company. So now it's called Bollywood Dance School Australia. Uh, so with them is where I really grew as a dancer. So through them, I got exposed to styles like Indo-Contemporary. Of course, there was Bollywood, there was hip hop, and there was a bit of jazz, a bit of salsa. There was uh, ballet even. Um, yeah, so I really loved my time there. Yeah, so that was around uh, five to six years I was with them. And then when I was 19, I left actually because I wanted to explore my own independent journey with dance. So I started going to random workshops that I just 
felt like doing. So I did a bit of popping and then I also did like salsa and I also did Bharatanatyam. I started again um, awesome. with one of my friends who's an upcoming teacher. And yeah, then I've just been doing like hip hop fusion classes and studios around the place. And um, this year I actually started teaching my own dance oh, workshops. Cool. Oh, nice. Yeah, so volley hop dance workshops just before lockdown actually. And um, I might get back into it online, we'll see. But it was it was really fun. It was really popping off. And I've also choreographed for uni plays. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know UNSW Tower Society. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I choreographed yeah. <laughs> um, for Anjali back in 2019. Um, so I did that. And I also choreographed for Ghana Galata with my oh, friends. Oh, nice, yeah. Yeah, so we did, I did that there. Now I'm just kind of creating content online and sort of, um, figuring out where I want to take my journey. Yeah, nice. that's, that's awesome. me. There's so much variety in the genres that you've yeah. uh, <laughs> so learned as well. That's mad. Yeah. yeah. And how about you, Shakri? Mine's a bit more straightforward. Um, well, I also moved to Sydney in 2012. I'm Malaysian Tamil, so three generations born in Malaysia, but of Sri Lankan heritage. Um, I started learning Bharatanatyam when I was five and then didn't stop until, you know, I stopped going to classes about two years ago. Um, so yeah, my training is in Bardanatyam. And then when I moved here is when I started kind of discovering hip hop and jazz and jazz funk hip hop and all these other styles and a bit of Afro and a bit of dancehall. Like that, that all started fusing in only after I moved here. Otherwise, it would have just been Bardanatyam for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I started getting involved in um, uni productions where I started doing a bit more fusion, a bit more hip hop and Bharatanatyam. And yeah, actually Sakshi and I were in high school and we met, we've known each other before Bindi Bosses and we were in high school and the dance ensemble in Strathfield Girls. Um, I think we met in 2013 or 2014. 2014, so we've known each other for about yeah. seven, eight years now. Yeah. Um, oh wow! So yeah. yeah, we've been dancing together for a while. And then... I was I was Mini Shanks and she was Shanks. So it was Shanks and Mini Shanks. <laughs> <laughs> the iconic yeah, for duo. A, for a yeah. while, and now yeah. she's become like a boss in her own right, and she's not Mini anything anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we've been dancing together for a long time, and then after I left high school. Um, we just saw each other at parties, so we'd always have a dance circle moment. And then we both ended up at Bindi Bosses um, in 2019, which was really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And it's so cool that dance has kind of kept you bonded for so many years and then mm. now yep. back again too. Um, so yeah. speaking of the Bindi Bosses, can you tell us a little bit about the inception of the dance group? Who formed it and when? Yeah, so Bindi Bosses started in April 2019. It started with Shamla, who's our director, and Raghavi, who were just doing some experimental work. They performed at Dancy Dance Time, which is a really cool event that I've also, and Sakshi actually have both performed at um, later in 2019. So it started with the both of them. And then they got Jess on to do their debut video, the Lily Singh video, which went off as well. Yeah. And then Sakshi and I both were at different workshops where Shamla saw us and then recruited us in June 2019. So, um, yeah, so now it's a group of eight performing artists plus a stylist plus a henna artist. And it's just, yeah, it just grew organically after that initial inception. That's awesome. And I think yeah. watching your videos, you kind of see that all of you guys are like on a string. Like there's so much synchronization and so much chemistry. Mm. So it's like, it's, yeah. it's awesome to hear about how 
organically you guys came together and you see that flow through in your art as well. Oh, um, thank you. That means a lot. How yeah. would you describe the mission or vision of Bindi Bosses as a group? Yeah, so as Shanks um mentioned, there's Bindi Bosses has been established since 2019 and since then it's been a self-funded South Asian fusion arts company owned and run by South Asian women, which I think it's phenomenal in itself. Yeah. Um yeah. but we use dance and art to challenge traditional norms and preconceptions. So in a way we're saying we do not pander to expectations put on us by people within our cultures or outside our cultures, but we are redefining South Asian dance beyond the stereotype of Bollywood. You know, we want to get out of that narrow narrow lens that has been put on South Asian dance or art. And we have um strong values that we advocate for. So one of them being greater South Asian representation. We want to see more South Asians in the in the community in the dance industry in the music industry in the creative industry. We want to see more South Asians in the media. Um another one is cultural and linguistic diversity. So recognizing the fact that South Asia is so rich and diverse within itself, it doesn't mean it's just Indian. For example, mm. if you're a South Asian, you're not just Indian. In in Bindi Bosses we have Sri Lankan Tamils, we have Sri Lankan Sinhalese, we have Indian Gujarati, Punjabi, we have Nepali, we have Fijian Indian, we have Malaysian Tamil, right? And we're about embracing that fact that it's so diverse and it's so rich and we need to empower it. We need to celebrate it. Right? Love that. Yeah, and um the third thing is empowerment of those who identify as female and we specify that mm. because we're about intersectional inclusion and accessibility. You know, it doesn't matter what your gender preferences, doesn't matter what your sexual preferences, doesn't matter what varied abilities you uphold. It's it's about embracing all of it again and we want your identity to be seen as a superpower and embraced. And all of us we're really committed to self-educating on all of these values at every given point because we understand that there's so much more to learn, there's so much more to know. Um but yeah, that's all of us as a group and we're really want to fight for change. Yeah, That's I mean awesome. you could just see the passion from when you're talking and you guys can really see it in every single video that you guys put out as well. Absolutely everything that you've just said really encapsulates everything you guys put out. So it's awesome to see you're not just talking about it but actually doing something as well as a group, which is beautiful yeah. and and through the form of dance too. And I love the the diversity even within the South Asian community that you guys have within your dance group. I think you so you said there's eight people in the team and I think you yeah. counted six different areas of South Asia that yeah. you guys represent. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So cool. So um speaking of, where does the name Bindi Bosses come from? What was the inspiration for that? Yeah, so this is a funny story actually. So, um Shamla told us that before Bindi Bosses, she thought of Bindi Babes, which is quite funny when we think about it now because we cannot imagine us being called Bindi Babes. Yeah. But um <laughs> but even even the reason of of the switch of why she chose um Bindi Bosses instead of Bindi Babes is quite significant. Um so Babes, she found it was too seen as maybe too gendered. and potentially even sexualized it's it's through the lens of just looking at someone through their appearance whereas a boss is about the internal strength and like channeling your internal self and um we really wanted to focus on self empowerment and again a deeper connection um and again even the name bindi boss as a statement it's like you're the boss of the bindi you're reclaiming the bindi right you're reclaiming your heritage we are the boss of our own 
consciousness. Yeah, so I I think even the reclaiming of the bindi was a big step for a couple of people in the group because not all of us grew up, you know, completely confident of our culture, mm. right? So so having to then reclaim this cultural aspect, which is so kind of in your face as well, like you know, um, was a big step. And so the bindi itself or the potu, it's just a small dot that's worn in the middle of a forehead for South Asian people. And it um, symbolizes universal consciousness and inner wisdom. So we place it on the sixth chakra, which is supposed to elevate the concentration of concealed wisdom. So that's the symbolism of the bindi. Yeah, so that's where it started. That's awesome. And I love that explanation because it's something so integral to our culture but sometimes we don't really think too much into the deeper meaning behind it because it's just yeah. something yeah. that everyone does. The why does. behind it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. something that exactly. you just kind of do. And this is something we mention pretty much in every episode that we record with yeah. different people talking about different topics. But so many times we're kind of just forced to do things or we do things out of habit without realising the deeper meanings or the reasoning behind why we do certain things in South Asian yeah. culture. Yeah. And I love that you guys wear that so proudly yeah. um, and do so. Yeah, I do think it's yeah. really important to just know where everything comes from, especially for yeah. our cultures, because there is so much history and science almost behind the practices yeah. we do. And it's just been forgotten along the way. And now it's just, you know, before you go to temple, put on a potu and go like, you know, it's just but there is significance behind that. So I do think it's important to understand that history to then pass it on and know what you're talking about, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I guess to that, we were just talking about the significance of the bindi in the Bindi boss's identity. Could you speak to the significance of other parts of your identity? For example, the costumes and clothing you wear or the henna? Yeah, so um, speaking of henna, it's actually an old tradition that started in the deserts of India. And it also it was also widely used in the Middle East as well. Um, and it's originally a female-centric sort of practice, right? So it was done to adorn brides' hands and feet. Um, even even the dye was sort of seen as a cooling mechanism from the heat, you know, so that's the henna history. But for Bindi bosses, Sham actually met Manjura, our first henna artist, um, back in the day, and this idea was pitched white henna and even face henna. And um, Sham found that no one was doing it. It was really unique and it started as a way of sort of highlighting the bindi, sort of putting it on your face, but the bindi has to be the focal point. Um, and also a way to accentuate facial expressions. Mm. Yeah. Right? Like yes. draw attention to the eyes and the smile and all that. You know, like when we turn mm. our faces, you need the angles and all that. So it became a lot more of an expression thing as well. Yeah, now it's part of our brand and identity and we're not bindi bosses without the head up. Yeah, it's true. We just cannot yeah. be. <laughs> we are not gig ready. <laughs> not gig ready without the henna on. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's beyond just a. I guess for the way you guys are explaining it, where it's to accentuate facial expressions and things like that. It's beyond just something that looks pretty, but there's a conscious reason as to why you guys do it as well. How about the the costumes that you guys wear when it comes to um, your performances? That's I think kind of evolved over time. Um, so it started with a lot of like this huge collection of costumes that Shamla, our director, had. And then now there's some gigs where we style ourselves. We've got a stylist as well, Purnima Sharma. 
who is insanely talented and helps us put together a lot of our looks. Um, so it changes depending on the styles that we're performing at the places we're performing. So it's always a, it's always a conversation and like, okay, what can we do this time? What's new? So it's just a lot of fun coordinating all that uh, before a gig. It's just part of the prep now. Yeah. yeah that's, that's awesome. Really cool. um, I was going to ask, so for you as a team, what, what's the kind of behind the scenes for you guys? So if you, someone comes up with an idea, how do you guys kind of brainstorm it and execute? It's well, I think we've all got, influences from all over the world right so a few of us are classically trained a few of us have just learned you know a lot of street styles a lot of hip-hop dancehall from around the world so inspiration comes from random places you know sometimes we're like oh maybe we should fuse a bit of kuchpudi and a bit of hip-hop you know why not let's try it you know so someone will bring a song or a, a bit of choreography that we've seen somewhere else and we'll try and change it up and workshop it so a lot of our sessions are very organic and very jam session y. Mm. Yeah, awesome. super Which go is with really the flow. Cool. Yeah. yeah, super go with yeah. the flow. Like someone, someone has an idea, they will just jump in. Like, oh, maybe what if we try this? And let's, like, let's try it's this. It's really on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's it's really team effort. We love yeah, it. it's yeah. really cool because everyone's got something so unique that they bring. Yeah. Um, style wise, just the way we interpret music as well. So it's always so much fun in a rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. something's always happening yeah you guys should do a behind the scenes video and mm. post it up for the brainstorming we session i feel like i would it. love to see what that looks like because we, yeah. yeah again i mean we see the finished product and it's so unique like the stuff that you guys put out is so so unique and looks like it's so carefully thought of but it would be so interesting to look at the inception of those ideas yeah and like how the, it the early got stages to that. Yeah. 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 So speaking of which, um, obviously you guys have a whole range of dance forms that you dance in, but what would you say, I guess, is predominantly the, the dance style or is there not a specific dance style that you would kind of pin it down to? Pinpoint. Yeah. Interesting. I think we do call ourselves a South Asian fusion arts company. And I think that's because we all have so many varied influences um, so it's hard to say that we do one particular style, but a lot of it is, you know, we all have like a common hip hop-ish ground, or most of us anyway, and then it's that kind of bass and that kind of groove, and then we pull other influences like our classical styles, right? That's when, you know, we're doing a very heavy hip hop, like Gunda Gold, for example, was one of our videos that we released, where yeah. it's predominantly hip-hop and then we break out into a bit of bhangra or a bit of bharatanatyam footwork you know so it's it's hard to pin it down i think we're all it's all just a melting pot of the things we've learned over the years yeah yeah Yeah, which is pretty cool that's right and to your point about kind of um, using the name bindi bosses to reclaim what the words bindi and bosses individually mean to you do you feel like fusing the eastern styles with western styles is your way of kind of reclaiming what being in between those two cultures means to you as well yeah actually that's really interesting i mean definitely for a lot of us yeah we you know we're second first gen or second gen in australia so finding our feet you know Mm. was a bit of a process a bit of a journey I, i mean individually for me like to be able to fuse what I've been learning for the last 20 years with, you know, hip hop and stuff that I relate to in a more contemporary context was, has been like a huge form of expression for me, mm. which was, you know, that's just me personally, Sakshi. Yeah, no, similar to me. Um, I don't have a strong traditional background in my dance. So I haven't done classical, but even with doing like 
hip-hop to like Bollywood music which I've grown up to even that is like empowering to me because it's like yeah I I'm not just a Bollywood dancer you know what I can break out into hip-hop if I wanted to like (laughs) for me it's like it's like forming a new identity which is like a mix right and and it's it's so yeah it it makes me feel good (laughs) and actually (laughs) yeah one of the pieces we performed in 2019 we did like a garba and hip-hop piece that Sakshi pretty much choreographed the whole Garba section because it's her heritage and we just you know jumped on for a ride and it was so much fun and it was like a really powerful piece and then during the breakdown we all do hip-hop and it was just really cool because it is so like culturally and spiritually strong still because of the history of that culture yeah Um, yeah and then, yeah, to just bust out into some hip-hop after that was such a good feeling. It's yeah. one of my favourite performances, actually. Oh, that's so yeah. awesome. That's because, like, you're bringing the best of both worlds together through one common means, all right? Through dance. So you're not, like, shutting one out or, like, you know, or prioritising one over the other. It's kind of combining the two again, which is what you guys really do. Um, how do you so carefully fuse the two cultures without being disrespectful to one or the other? Do you guys ever get any backlash for doing sort of more fusion-y um, things that are out of the ordinary? I think a lot of it comes down to the conversations we have as a team before we do something because a lot of us, because of our different backgrounds, as I said previously, like, you know, when we're fusing something which is a bit more traditional, then we say, okay, maybe we shouldn't do this this way. Maybe we should make sure we're doing this when our shoes are off. So it's just conversations we have within the team. And then because everyone has input and just thoughts on those kind of areas, then hopefully by the time we produce it for the public, we've gone through all those filters. So I, yeah, I don't know about any backlash, um, but yeah, they're definitely conversations that we always have within the team uh, before we put something out. Yeah, Yeah, and um, I'm still learning a lot through Bindi Bosses, right? So before I came, um, I wasn't quite aware of like the sensitivity around certain dance styles that I need to needed to adhere to, right? But I feel like Sham always tends to remind us and she always tells us that it's better to get like the style from the root of where it started. So like if we're doing hip hop, okay, well, we need to learn about hip hop and like where did it start? Mm. So it started from the streets, right? So it's about educating yourself all the way back to where it originated from so we can draw from that and kind of fuse it in a more sensitive way I guess yeah Yeah, I love that and I think by doing that it's also more organic because you're coming from like the true roots of it and you also see that come through as well because you know it's not like fake or surface level right there's a deeper understanding behind the art which is amazing yeah we don't want to just throw something in just for the sake of you know embellishment you know we want to use it integrate it purposefully I guess Um, Yeah. yeah Yeah, and I think that's where also the fact that you guys are so diverse, even within a group of South Asian women, um, that's where it also helps. And the fact that you guys have that different perspective, I guess, diverse. Yeah, exactly. Because you do have different backgrounds um, and coming together is just, yeah, it's beautiful to see. And it's awesome that you guys do have that combination internally, too. Yeah. And I think something else that uh, you as a team do really well is to show respect to our Indigenous and First Nations people in Australia. Um, how did you kind of figure out a way to do this in a sensitive but also impactful way? Yeah, so BB, we use the term First Nations, right, as it honours their original connection 
to the land. And it's recognizing that they were also a diverse nation, right? If, if we think of India right now, each state has a new language, a new culture, a new food, right? The new, new dances. That's what Australia was like before colonization. Mm. And even recognizing that fact personally, I feel like I have found more meaning in advocating for First Nations even because in a way it's a shared experience. Yeah. It's that relatability. You know, it's, it's acknowledging that, wait, you are also culturally and linguistically diverse as we are, right? And I feel like through Bindi Bosses, all of us have recognized that in their own way. And um, we've really found sort of meaning and meaning behind it and that's why it's so important for us to always pay respect to them Mm. right yeah yeah most definitely I feel like there's almost a shared experience there when it comes to second generation migrants trying to hold on to their culture as well as first nations Australians trying to hold on to their culture which as sad as it sounds because they are the first nations it's the reality at the moment and so I feel like that shared experience helps with that relatability between the two groups and that's what you guys do so well within the respects that you pay to the First Nations yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I mean, exactly. I was just going to say we're always encouraged to, you know, learn and be exposed to the original source like we were talking about before. So um, to collaborate and to learn from First Nations people all the time and perform at events where we then get that exposure as well. So we try to learn from them as much as we can. Um, we actually did a collaboration with Cleone Quail who's a First Nations jewellery maker and designer. She's actually also Barker, who's a hip-hop legend's mum. I just collabed with her on some necklaces, the Bindi Bosses necklaces that we wore in the Medigen uh-huh. video. And that was a beautiful process because that's combining our South Asian heritage with her traditional jewellery making mm. practices. And like just learning from people directly, I think, is the way to... like navigate this whole topic sensitively yeah Yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of um an episode that Romy and I want to do is looking at the comparisons or the similarities between first nations cultures and south asian cultures because there are so many uh similarities even little things like in tamil we say akka and anna as a term of respect for people who are older than us right and there's a very similar concept within first nations cultures as well so um, i think that'll be a really cool episode to do yeah, that'd be amazing because, like you said, there are so many similarities, like the importance of community and ancestral, mm. you know, practices and things like that. Like even connection to land is such a yeah. big part of both of our cultures. And like even the namaskaram, which is a um, practice in classical mm. Indian art, in dance, where, you know, you seek the blessings and respect of Mother Earth before you then dance, is something, you know, as a Bharatanatyam dancer, I've always done. And we try to incorporate that in Bindi Boss's workshops and gigs as well just as a part of you know acknowledging what land we're on you know yeah it's yeah it's beautiful that's awesome that's I didn't think about that similarity specifically um yeah I never thought about that similarity between Bharatanatyam as well that's um that's really interesting I think a lot of ancient cultures end up drawing on very similar practices it's you know it's all yeah yeah it's awesome Um, I'm gonna ask kind of a two-part question um so for you individually who would you say has influenced you as a dancer? I shouldn't say dancer, I should say as an artist. And then who has influenced you with the Bindi Bosses group? Who's been the biggest influence? So for me, there isn't 
just one singular person. So I've been influenced by a whole range of artists throughout my dance journey. So in in the beginning of my dance journey, I was predominantly doing Bollywood. So I was always inspired by um, the Bollywood dancing in India, like choreographers like Rema D'Souza, Shakti Mohan. You know, I grew up watching them dance. But then when I came to Australia and I was exposed to the internet and YouTube. <laughs> um, back in 2015, the whole um, era of Matt Stefanina and Royal Family yes. and Trisha Miranda, you know, in America, um, making those viral dance videos. And that's where I started gaining exposure to, like, my Western dance side, right? And at the moment, my dance style is kind of a mash between both of those sort of influences, um, artists from both ends and right now at the moment whilst I still have love for all of these artists that have influenced my dance journey I am looking up to artists that find more from dance than just of course entertainment mm. it's more what what makes it more meaningful to them that's what I love seeing in an artist when mm. I look at a um, dancer dance I look out for their passion and why they're dancing, you know, and what really gets them connected to their movement. So that's what influences me right now, because that's, that's how I want to build my relationship with dance. I want to make meaning out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like starting off with Bharatanatyam, I wasn't exposed to any social media. So it was just going to class, coming home. So that was very, you know, tunnel vision. And then I moved here. I mean, there was the occasional step up, you know, like everyone would step up and thought, this is it. I'm going to go to the streets and perform in the rain. Um, I definitely had that moment. Um, but I think, yeah, after moving here, similar to Sakshi, we grew, like we ended up watching the same videos and learning the same videos in high school. So mm. there was a lot of that. Um, for me now, I kind of like watching artists from west coast hip-hop scene in america it's uh some of the artists are very creative and very visual i really enjoy visual performances so use of props and formation so that's what i get inspired by and i grew up with a really musical family i guess so you know not just carnatic music but hip-hop and r&b and jazz and just listening to all that as i grew up I don't know, it just kind of influenced me. You just listen to music in different ways. You listen to different artists and then you're like, oh, how can I use this, you know, in a fun, funky way? So I grew up, you know, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, um, Missy Elliott, and then a lot of those yeah. hip-hop influences also influence Bindi Bosses, right? So all of us kind of have like a hip-hop background, a lot of Missy Elliott, a lot of Janet Jackson, and a lot of local artists as well, Barker, Milan yeah. Ring, Baker Boy. Like we've been listening to Medigen for two years, still not sick of it. It's just a banger track. Yeah. So yeah, we've got Spotify playlists and inspiration groups that we just chuck things in into all the time. So it's really hard to narrow down to one source of inspiration. I think everyone just, yeah, you can be inspired by the smallest things. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's where the most beautiful art takes place anyway, when you are inspired by everything around you and can kind of create that melting pot of everything and create your art from there. Um, so I know you guys touched on this a little bit before, Sakshi, around, you know, the passion behind dance is what really draws you to it. But for the two of you as individuals, I mean, obviously it's evident that dance isn't just a form of entertainment or hobby. There's so much more beyond that. Um, how has dance helped the both of you as individuals in other parts of your life? Yeah, so for me, um, 
dance started off as a hobby, as I've mentioned. It very quickly became my passion and then very quickly became my identity. Um, it really defines who I am and why I am the way I am. Um, but my relationship with dance is always evolving and it has constantly evolved, even in terms of me saying it is my identity. Some days I wake up and feel really disassociated about dance and I questioned why am I even doing dance? So especially during this lockdown has been a real, real challenge. Um, yeah. Coming down with imposter syndrome and, you know, lack of motivation, things mm-hmm. like that. But one thing that has always remained constant is that it is an escape from reality. It is yeah. my way of healing from my trauma, you know, and my past troubles. And that I know will always remain no matter what my relationship is with dance at whatever point in the future it will always be a place where I can just express free from everything else and just be the daydreamer I am <laughs> like just put out some music just got forget chills. about exactly <laughs> dance forget about all my worries um so yeah that's what makes it super super meaningful for me and definitely a huge part of me and will continue to be a huge part of me yeah. That's awesome. Um for me, I mean I've been doing Bharatanatyam since I was 5. So dance was never a hobby. Like a hobby is something you do, you know, in your free time whereas going to dance class was such a regimented part of my schedule. I was like that kid who would miss birthday parties because I wanted to go to dance class. Like it's been such a big part of my life and that teaches you dedication, discipline, you know, to yeah. drop everything three times a week and go to class. I went to class every single week from the time I was five to 21, you know? Like, even when we moved to Sydney when I was 15, the first thing my family and I did was find a new dance school because it was such a big, like, constant part of your life. And I felt yeah. like if I didn't have dance for two weeks, I would, you know, lose your footing a little bit, you know? When you move to a new country, you need that stability as you come mm. across. So, so it teaches you... And for me, it was, like, a huge connection to my culture as well. So... As third-generation Malaysian Tamils, my sister and I didn't speak Tamil at home. Even though our parents kind of did, our grandparents did, we all spoke English to each other, except for the go eat, go study, you know, the few Tamil phrases that, you know, every kid knows for sure. Um, we didn't speak Tamil on a daily basis at all. So to then learn dance, where I'd listen to a song and not know what it means, and then to watch someone perform it and know exactly what it meant, that was my connection mm. to language that like actual Tamil wasn't so even though my grandparents were like oh they, they don't, don't learn Tamil I would watch a dance and be like no but I know what they're saying I know what this means and that was kind of our caveat and that was my connection to culture like a, I played a huge part in my connection to culture and it's a form of expression it's not just you know dancing it is a spiritual connection it's movement it's storytelling it's just the language that Tamil never was for me and I mean, mm. huge regrets that I haven't learned. Not that it is too late, but I just never got around to it. But dance has always been that little in into the culture that I didn't have growing up. That's so special. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you both articulated what dance means to you so beautifully. Um, yeah. That was great to hear. Um, with what we're talking about with, you know, all the great things that Bindi Boss uh, stands for, I think another really great thing that you do is aim to give back to the community. Uh, could you speak a little to that aspect of what you do? Yeah, so Bindi Bosses, we always aim for having an educational aspect in whatever we do, right? Whether that be gigs, workshops, other events, 
we always have an educational component where after we perform, we will get on the mic and tell the audience what style we performed, mm. each of our diverse backgrounds, oh, so where good. it came from, right? We emphasize the fact that, yo, this is not Bollywood. Like, yeah, there yeah. may be elements, but this is not just Bollywood, right? So it's about giving audience that bit of information, that bit of oomph, right? And like, that's our way of giving back because for us, we're bringing value to them by informing them something they probably didn't know like five or six minutes ago, mm. right? Through our art form. And it's really showing that if you ever come to watch a Bindi Boss's performance, you are not going to get just a good show. You're always going to get something you more. You'll learn something, yeah. yeah. Right? And we've done that through fundraisers and um, encourage other South Asian artists to come perform with us and really just spreading our main messages and values. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, collaboration is a huge part of just like working with the current talent, you know, in Sydney as well, locally. There's so many talented South Asian artists and creatives. But yeah, a huge part, like Sakshi said, it was our workshops and performing at fundraising events and Bindi Bosses covering the cost of, you know, facilitators of venue hire so that all funds that we raise can go directly to whatever cause we're trying to support. Um, yeah, and I think you create so much energy and positivity when you dance. I think it's only fair to share that. You don't you don't lose anything by sharing, you know? I just yeah. feel like when you create all of this, you have to spread it around. I think it does a lot more good than just, you know, tangible giving back. It, it's yeah. an energy thing too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's cool to think about how, like, people we've interviewed have collabed as well. So we did an interview with Elfresh. Elfresh. Um, and oh, I know yeah. you guys collaborate with him as well. And he was, yeah. he was so good to have on. So it's great to see, you know, us all kind of tapping into each other's worlds in different ways. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge network. We just have to connect the dots and then we'll be yeah unstoppable we're ready to yeah. go <laughs> exactly i mean it's so important to elevate each other right and especially when we're all living outside of our you know motherlands or home countries um yeah i know you guys have mentioned a couple of you know key things that you've done but is there a favorite moment um so far it's probably so hard to pin down but have there been any highlight moments for you in your time with bindi bosses as individuals there's definitely been many, many moments. Yeah. And yeah, it's super hard to pin down. But I think while the gig and the performances are super, super fun, the most fun I have is when us as a group, we're just vibing. Like, <laughs> before yeah. we get on stage, we just pep talk each other. We just hype each other up. Like, we just tell each other how freaking boss we think each and everyone is. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I think is more valuable and meaningful because it, it, it reminds me that this is a reason why I'm doing this. Mm. I mean, yeah. like, it's it's sort of building that energy, like a community, like a group of friends. We're all here having a good time. Like, we're doing something for good. And we're all in this together, right? And, of yeah. course, there's the performance aspect as well. You get on stage and have a good time and yeah. um, show off. <laughs> show off your skills. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, yeah, so that that's what I really love. And even... Even our rehearsals, I'm just going to go back to our rehearsals. They are literally a hype show. Like, we will just be doing the most <laughs> randomest things. But all of us are like, yeah, you go, girl. Go. You got this. You got <laughs> this. Like, it's just, yeah, it's so it's good. Pretty... It's such a team. And I literally love every one of us. Like, it's it's actually a blessing to have 
That's mad. Rummy, we need yeah. to start doing those G me up. Uh, I know, we need to do like half sessions before we start our recording. Def- like, yeah. get it? You need all yeah. those. You need, that, you need that moment. It'll, it'll change the way you. That's you so live. good, but it just sounds like such a positive group to be part yeah. of as well. Like, I'm sure it's just such a great part of your life to be, you know, not just be part of a dance group, but be part of a group of friends who are just elevating each other, not just as mm. dancers, but as individuals. It just, like you could see the smiles on your faces when you just talk about the group. It's amazing to yeah. see you. And I think like one of my favourite things about Bindi Bosses as well is that we're not just performing artists. Like everyone has this other skill that they're bringing so that we can yeah. all, mm. you know, like just work such so cohesively as a unit. Like I was approached independently as a designer to design the logo, the merch, like a bunch of other projects for Bindi Bosses. Sakshi manages our TikTok. We've got a social media manager. We've got photographer, videographers. Like everyone brings something else to the table. So it's not just a group of friends having a good time. Like there's so much work that's happening behind the scenes. And for me, like on shoot day, if we're like recording Medigen or Gunda, like everyone is so in the zone everyone's efficient but we're having such a good time in between there's always a fun like something funny happening in the background it's just it's like so I don't know I don't know it's just really positive and productive and I I love it and yeah gigs are always great because I love being on stage I'm not gonna lie even if it's for two (laughs) minutes or five minutes or it's a 20 minute gig I just the rush of being with a bunch of people who love this as much as you do is just like it's such a special feeling yeah. I know um, I mentioned at the start of the podcast that I'm not a good dancer and I don't identify as a woman, but like hearing you guys talk about Bindi Bosses, I'm just like, man, I want to be part of this crew now. <laughs> come in for a workshop. Come in for a jam Oh session. my gosh, we'll come for a workshop. Oh I'll make sure um, I think that I'm sick that day. Sorry, sorry. I think that, I'm not coming on. In, in three months, yeah. <laughs> Feel something coming on. Oh yeah. my gosh. No, it's a good time. You should definitely come by. We'll let you know when we're doing our next 100%. one. For sure. You have my word. Now he can't back out. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your kind of like long-term vision for the group? See how it, see how quickly I changed the topic? I know. I was about to, to say, say nice. <laughs> you just stopped that conversation right there. I think our, our three, three-month long-term vision is that you come to a workshop. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's to continue advocating for all the things Sakshi mentioned before. Like it's a it's a long process, you know, there's a long way to go for all that inclusion and social and South Asian representation. There's so much work to do. Even but like, it's also just about sorry. Even like sorry. Um providing paid opportunities, you know, mm. as artists or as creatives on this platform, right? So as much as we are a company, we're a platform for South Asian artists to come together, bring in their diverse range of skills not just dance it can of course can be dance but then obviously embracing your other abilities that you have so that's that's yeah. really significant as well yeah i think it's just to like keep working within the south asian and the local community it doesn't necessarily need to be south asian but you know working with upcoming musicians and producers and singers and writers and poets you know there's just so much scope um i think it's just to keep working on collaborative projects like that and um continue to grow i guess yeah. is the Awesome. Plan. We're keen to see you guys grow. No no doubt great things will come <laughs> your way with all the effort that you guys are putting together. Oh, thank um, you. So coming to the close of the episode, we put together some quick fire questions and we didn't share them with you guys prior to the recording. <laughs> so you guys ready to answer them? Ooh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. <laughs> all right. If you were to describe Bindi Bosses in one word, what would it be? 
I was gonna say boss, I but like, so, I feel like I was, that's. I was gonna say boss too, <laughs> but, but it's in the name, so maybe not. Um, I think, I think it's a, quite redefining in a lot of ways, not just for me because I mean, as a designer, like I've gotten all these opportunities through Bindi Bosses as well, which has been amazing. So that's me exploring something outside my full time work that like I take very seriously. So in that way, it's redefining. But I also think it redefines a lot of South Asian arts and what people think it is and what it should be and. Uh, Bollywood so yeah in that way I think it's quite redefining that's my word yeah I'm gonna say versatile because mm, we nice. are versatile <laughs> in many ways <laughs> short and sweet <laughs> nice um, what's one word you'd use to describe each other mother <laughs> oh, literally <laughs> each other isn't that just both of us yeah Shakes is the amma of our group straight up <laughs> She's so oh, yeah. She always fixes um, everyone's sari. She always knows what's the go with everyone. <laughs> reminds everyone when we've forgotten important things that we might get told <laughs> off about. <laughs> um, what is one word to describe Sakshi? I think she's just... Okay, no, I'm, I'm just going to say talented because she's grown so much as a dancer in the last couple of years and I've known her for eight years so I can say that. Um, and yeah, you're just... And yeah... I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to get too deep, you know? <laughs> Talented. Just start crying. <laughs> yeah, oh. we don't need any of that. Just <laughs> extremely talented. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, as individuals, what music genre do you enjoy dancing to the most? I would say R&B. Me too. Yeah. It's yeah. just like... Just, it's just too good. <laughs> Can't yeah. get enough. The hip-hop and R&B. I mean, there are days where I'm like, okay, I want to do Bharatanatyam, but my default is R&B. It's always mm. a good time. Nice. Um, what has being part of Bindi Bosses taught you? Confidence. I would say confidence and a lot nice. of my other abilities as well. And um, really looking at different parts of me that I'd never thought of before. Like bringing out different parts of me that I'd never brought out before. That's dope, yeah. I think, yeah, for me, it's net like a network, like a support system. Um, yeah. Everyone's so supportive of each other's work, whether it's within or outside of Bindi Bosses. And yeah, it's just a beautiful group of people. And the people we meet in turn are then lovely. And, you know, just it's great exposure and it's support. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, right. um, what is a dream collab for you guys? <sighs> As in with Bindi Bosses or individually? Mm. as individuals both. oh both all right let's do both oh no <laughs> yeah i think we've got a couple of collabs that are my dream collabs with bindi bosses like we're going to be working with Baka soon and milan ring who's also a beautiful local artist um so those are collabs but i mean can we shoot for the stars like i mean <laughs> um i don't know individually oh no sakshi Sorry, you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette Jackson. <laughs> Don't joke. <laughs> Don't joke about these things. No, you need to manifest it. <laughs> yeah, mine is mine is Paris Goble for sure. Like I just wanna I just wanna dance with her, man. Even for like ten minutes, just to see like what she comes up with and how she does and how the way she is. Yeah, Paris Goble. I mean yeah. That's I think- awesome. If we're really going for it, then yeah, Janet Jackson or Missy Elliott for Bindi Boss collab yes. would be oh my god, the death oh, of us. Missy quite Elliot. literally, oh quite literally, gosh. the death of us. We'd finish that rehearsal and we'd all yeah. just that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> we'd be done after. 
<laughs> yeah. Kill me now. Yeah, no one would lie there. Like, actually, yeah. our director would actually spaz out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, That's if you're awesome. listening, Janet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as kind of the last question, what upcoming projects do you guys have coming up with Bindi Bosses? Yeah, so like I mentioned, we're going to be working with Barca and Milan Ring on some upcoming projects, a bit of new work, um, collabing with on one of their tracks each, um, which will awesome. be great. And then also just working with some local producers to come up with original music for Bindi Bosses as well. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would yeah. be awesome. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And then just we've launched our merch as well. So that's kind of an ongoing project. Hopefully we'll be doing a little bit more on that soon as well. Um yeah, and then just workshops, I guess. Just waiting for this lockdown to be over. I know it's going to be a while, but yeah, I think that's what we've got lined up so far. Oh, sounds yeah. so exciting. Yeah. We'll definitely post up anything on our page as, as things come up for you guys as well, um, just to, to help share the news around. But Shankari and Sakshi, thank you so much. This has been such a fun conversation and I know it's Sunday morning, so thank you for waking up for us. I just feel so <laughs> energised so to, to like yeah. start yeah, I feel my energized day now. now. Yeah. No, this is a really good reason to get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. There was so much great energy recording with Shankari and Sakshi. We hope that radiated to you as well throughout the episode. Again, don't forget to check out our show notes for our favourite Bindi Bosses videos and deets on their new merch line, which they just dropped. Yeah, and as always, please don't forget to hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow us on Instagram at stuckinbetween underscore podcasts. It'll help us out more than you know. We'll catch you next week for our second mini app with Janaki Iswa, contestant from this season of The Voice Australia. Janaki, just at an age of 12, got a four-chair turn during her blind audition and went viral for her twist on Billie Eilish and Sia Classics. Can't wait for that one. We'll catch you then. Bye.